So as long as you suspend your sense of reality for these books, you will be fine. The All for the Game trilogy by Nora Skaviak follows Neil Jostin, who is on the run from his mob boss father, and even though he's on the run and needs to stay undercover, he joins the Palmetto State University XC team, and XC is a sport that is made up for these books, and it's kind of like cross and hockey combined into one and really cool. And that description is just the beginning of all of the shit that happens in this book. But like I said, suspend your sense of reality. Just accept the fact that Neil is on the run from a mob boss father. Accept the fact that Palmetto State Foxes are kind of all, like, on crack. And it's fine. These books are a wild ride, but I love them. And I read all three in, like, four days because they're not very long and you just get sucked into them. And on Kindle, the first book is free, and the next two books are only a dollar. So I literally paid $2 for all of this entertainment, which is amazing. And after you read the books, the author has this amazing blog where she answers all of these questions and has all of this follow-up and all of this content, which we love. And it's amazing, so you have to go read it. And I do have to thank my friend Kat for suggesting that I read these books because I'm very glad that I did and I love them and I was talking to Kat the other day and she was like you really need to thank my two Twitter friends who made me read these books so that I could then make you read these books so Kat's two Twitter friends if you are listening to this you know who you are thank you for making Kat read these books so that she could make me read these books because I love them books tv music and movies all things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. So as always with the book, we are going to start with a little bit on the writing, and the writing was pretty standard, like I don't actually have a lot to say about it. I do have to say though that the characters are always 10 steps ahead of you in knowing what the fuck is going on, so if you're always confused, that's totally fine because I was constantly confused, and Neil would like say something and he'd be like, oh well, yeah, I get it because this. And then I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about, Neil? I'm so confused. And then, like, a page later, Neil weighs it all out in, like, plain English. And then I'm like, okay, why couldn't you have just done this before? Because you look all smart having figured it out, but I'm left in the dark. Anyways, basically, if you're confused, it's fine. I promise every time they do actually explain it. And now we're going to talk about the characters first because I love the characters so much. And we'll talk about, like, major plot points after but really what brings me into these books is the characters and my love for the characters so we're going to start with dan 
who I love. She is such a badass, and she's the captain, and she knows how to handle her team, and she's a great dealer, but she can fill in for Neil, a striker, and her and Matt are adorable together. Like, I literally love them together so much, and the fact that Dan used to be a stripper, but totally embraces it and stands up for herself, and she's still in contact with some of her, like, fellow strippers and like they come to the finals and stuff and she's like when the Ravens are trying to be all like bitchy about the fact that she was a stripper she was like yeah stripper not a prostitute like I hope somebody of your intellect would know the difference and like Dan is just the best and she's iconic and I love her now moving on to Matt who is the best roommate and Neil didn't realize what he had with Matt because Matt was literally willing to drive to Columbia to pick Neil up, which the Columbia trip was a whole freaking mess. And obviously, Matt and Dan are the most adorable couple. And I love the way Matt looked out for Neil and was always offering to help. And like that time when Neil was in the shower before the game because of all the blood and stuff in the locker room and Matt came in and he remembered to knock and stuff, and Neil was like, holy shit, like, Matt still remembered to knock, even though he's, like, freaked out and stuff, and I'm like, yes, Neil, because people here at Palmetto State love you, and Matt is amazing, and you need to realize how amazing he is, and basically, Matt is the best, and I love him. If you haven't caught on, there's gonna be a theme of basically me saying, insert person's name here is the best, and I love them, because that's how I feel about a lot of my foxes. Um, now moving on to Renee, who again is the best and we love her and she's all like calm and quiet, but also like can take care of shit and be dangerous. And she spars with Andrew and takes care of Jean. And every time she's just like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And everybody's like, what? And she comes back and she's totally fine. And like my friend and I, Kat and I established that of any of the characters, I would be Renee and I just, I love Renee, and I love how she, like, she's, like, calm, and everybody takes care of her, but then also, like, she spars with Andrew, which you wouldn't expect and stuff, and, like, it's just, Renee is great. Now, rounding out the girls would be Allison, and I could never really, like, figure her out, but she is a fox, so we love her anyways, and I love that she has all of this money, and she's always like, oh, I got this, or I can plan this trip to the cabin or I can pay for this or whatever like she's just throwing her money around to like make the foxes lives better and I love that like I said her pulling off the spring break trip and then on the spring break trip and the cabin I love that she was like no having loud sex because it's not fair to any of us who aren't getting any and then Nikki's like well maybe if you ask Kevin really nicely <laughs> and like I just, I love it, and Allison is kind of a bad bitch, and we love her. Speaking of Allison, Seth, who, like, didn't deserve to die, but also didn't make a huge difference on, like, my opinion, especially because in the first book, I was really more in it for Neil than any of the other foxes, and then in the second and third, I, like, grew attached to all of the other foxes, but because of that I was not very sad that Seth died I was more sad for Allison having to deal with the fact that he died rather than Seth actually being out of the story 
you know? Now, moving on to Nikki, who is a literal puppy. Like, he never knows when to shut up and says the funniest shit. And also, he says what I'm thinking half of the time. So, I love it. Like, what he said to Allison about asking Kevin really nicely for sex. And when he asked Neil why he was still at the party when Andrew was in the empty dorm room. And he's just so adorable and so lovable. And, like, I just want to, like, wrap him up in a hug and, like... I don't know, I feel like he's just so fun and so cute and adorable and him and Eric are also super cute and I love that Eric showed up to the finals and stuff and like, they're just, it's great. Nikki is great. I love him. Now moving on to the monsters, starting with Aaron, who is okay, like, I don't know how I feel about Aaron really like I loved him and Caitlin don't get me wrong that was super cute and I was glad that he was willing to work on his shit with B and Andrew and like the fact that he was the baby that was taken back by his mom it was just like hard especially because then she like started beating him and stuff like the twins origin story is not fun and Andrew just like I don't not Andrew, sorry, Aaron, I just, like, I don't, I, I don't know, I, he's a fox, so I love him, just because he's a fox, he's not my favorite fox, but, I don't know, he's, Aaron's there, I like that, well, I don't like their backstory, but I appreciate that their backstory is so crazy, I guess. I don't know. I love Aaron, but I also, like, am conflicted about Aaron. And now moving on to the other monster, Andrew, who grows on you. Like, in the first book, I was not on board with him, but then by the second book, I was like, oh my god, I love Andrew, and, like, he needs to be here. And, like, he is a little bitch, though, sometimes. Like, he could be the best goalie that XC has ever seen. Like, the time he told Wymac to pick a number between 1 and 5, and that's how many goals he let in that game. But he chooses to not care, which, like, bro, you could be great. You could possibly be better than Kevin Day, but you're not. Like, I'm just, I, that gets me. I agree with Kevin on this when Andrew's like, eh, I could care less about Exy. Like, no, please care about Exy. Please actually play your best and give the Foxes the best chance that they have. Um, and again, in the first book, I hated him for taking Neil to Columbia, but I love Andrew in the end, and he's so great, and like, him getting clean was this whole ass thing. And, like, right before he gets clean, when Neil puts Andrew's hands on his stomach and, like, so he can feel his scars. And then Wymac's like, when did that happen? And Neil's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Wymac knew. And that's when the first time we were like, okay, this is going to be a thing. And, like, I love Andrew being everybody's bodyguard. But then by the end, he's just Neil's bodyguard and, like, stands up to Kevin. And Kevin is like... If you say that one more time, I'm gonna, and Andrew's like, you're gonna what, huh? Like, I'm protecting Neil now. Shut up, Kevin. And 
Andrew is just kind of the best, and even though he's constantly holding a knife to people to get them to do shit, like, it just, I love him, and he didn't deserve everything that happened to him, and so I'm glad that he has, like, a good arc, and that we get on board with him by the end of the book, and him and Neil are the fucking cutest, and we love them. Now, speaking of Kevin, who is so dramatic, but we love him. Like, he needs to calm down, but he also is, like, iconic and needs to keep up his level of drama. And I love that he only cares about Exy and, like, he pushes the whole team hella and, like, makes Neil one of the best players he can be. And then when Neil goes to the Raven's Nest, which we will talk more about that later, but when Neil goes to the Raven's Nest and Kevin keeps Neil's binder, no questions asked, and he's just like, look, I'm here for you and we are actually teammates and I actually do care about you whether or not I'm going to admit it. And I love that he was always just like in the corner taking shots, kind of depressed, Um, And he has some of the best lines in this book when he's like, I'm going to be the deadliest piece on the board. And when he's like, oh, I've never been skiing, but I'd like to try it sometime. And like when he tells Wymac that his father came to all of his games at the end. Oh, my God. Like, I love Kevin. And speaking of being the deadliest piece on the board, his queen chest piece tattoo I lived for that moment oh my god when he came out with that I was like this is amazing like Kevin is more amazing than I even thought he was like it just it was a brilliant moment and I loved it and I love his love for USC because by the end of the book I had that same love for USC like I'm a USC XC fan like even though I love the Foxes. Like, if the Foxes aren't going to win, USC has to win, you know? So thank you, Kevin, for passing on your love for USC to me. And now, moving on to Neil, who is a fucking dumbass, but we love him. Like, instead of, you know, waiting for Matt to come get him from Columbia, he hitchhikes. And he's so clueless about him and Andrew, too, in the beginning. Like, when Roland tells him, oh, you know, they make padded handcuffs, too, so you aren't going to cut up your wrists. And, like, Wymac asks how long that had been going on. And Aaron tells him he used Neil to get to Andrew. And Neil's like, why would you use me to get to Andrew? Andrew doesn't care about me. I'm just like, <sighs> we loved Neil. <laughs> and we love how he's so dumb, but also so lovable and like I just want good things to happen to Neil and that is why him going to the raven's nest fucking sucked and I was so mad at him for that because I was like this is not gonna go well you cannot like no and his dad kidnapping him was not fun again anything that puts Neil in harm's way we don't like so those two incidents just not fun to read and Like, also, I hated that Neil never learned that he has friends, and literally he doesn't understand until the very end how much all of the foxes love him, and how all of them want him to stay, and all of them want him to be part of the team and stuff, and I wish he would have realized that sooner, but the moment in the hotel room when he finally realizes that, like, 
was beautiful and Neil is just the best. And also, speaking of people who are the best, Mac is the best. And we love how he bribes the whole team with booze all the time and is like, look, I don't care, but if knowing that there's alcohol at, you know, Abby's house gets you through the game, then there's alcohol at Abby's house. And, like, he cares so much, even though he pretends to not care and, like, jokes around with them. He cares so much. And him and Abby are totally a thing. I refuse to believe him and Abby are not a thing. And I would like to read a YMAC and Abby wedding because that would be amazing. And the fact that he's Kevin's dad. Like, I was so shook when that happened. But it was also beautiful. And I also loved it a ton. And then, like... When Kevin was like, my dad comes to all of my games, and I already said this, but, like, it made me cry, and it was amazing, and, like, I may have constantly questioned YMAX lineup choices, because they were kind of always on crack, but the Foxes did keep winning, and he is an amazing coach, so it's fine. And finally, rounding out my people, my characters that I'm talking about, Abby... Well, I have three more, but starting the round out of my characters is Abby, who is a queen for constantly patching the foxes up and for letting the monsters live with her, too, over summer. Like, I would never. They were not allowed to live in my house. Like, as much as I love them, they're too chaotic for me. So she's kind of the best for letting them do that. Also, B, again, a queen for always having hot chocolate and always taking care of all of the foxes. And she goes to the championships, even though she doesn't go to any of their other games. And she's amazing. And actually rounding out the characters I'm going to talk about is Gene, who I just have to say, I am so proud that he went to USC and he got out of the Raven's Nest and he's getting out from Rico and, like, it's amazing. And I love that he had a good arc and, like, we can kind of learn to love him. And so now I'm just going to talk about, like, the plot and, like, kind of an order, but kind of not. I don't know. I'm just going to talk about, like, the major, major plot points. Not, like, every single little detail, but anyways. Um, when Wymac showed up to recruit, Neil and Andrew just, like, held out the X-Like, <laughs> racket so that Neil ran into it. Hilarious. Um, and then skipping basically the entire first book to the talk show... With the host bringing out Rico, which we loved. And, like, ugh. It, mm, I hated that so much. I was ready to, like, leap into the book, you know, punch the talk show host for bringing out Rico, grab Rico, and, like, shove him at Andrew and let Andrew have his way with Rico. Because that was a lot of stress. And I hated it. And then, when Rico shows up, and is like, yeah, all it took was, like, a kiss from the talk show host, who's, like, in her 40s, and he's, like, a college student, but okay. Um, and all it took was, like, him to kiss her to get Neil's glass as, like, a souvenir so they could run a DNA test, which, like, fuck him for doing that. Um, yeah, we hate Rico. And then the late night practices with Kevin, which are so fun. And then I love that, like, by the final book and, like, the very end, the whole team is doing the late night practices because they really want to win championships. And it is amazing. And when they get Neil a phone 
and Nikki constantly texts him to desensitize Neil to the fact that his phone rings, which we love. And then being at the Ravens table for the banquet, I, mm, no, that was not fun. As soon as they said that they were singing by the Ravens, I was like, shit is going to go down. This is not going to go well. Like, and it was, it was a freaking mess, but we all survived. So I guess that's all that matters. And then going to Nikki's house for Thanksgiving and I... There are so many things that I want to say, but I think the biggest thing I want to say is that Luther is all anti-Nikki being gay and doesn't accept Nikki and kick Nikki out of his house and, like, all of this shit, but then fucking knew that Drake was there and that Drake was gonna rape Andrew and that shit was gonna go down, and he was totally happy with, like, letting that happen, but he won't let his son live his life and be happy in a relationship with another guy, but you're gonna support male-on-male sexual assault, or not even sexual assault, rape, and, like, I just, I... Thanksgiving fucking sucked, and I hated it, and it was terrible and horrible, and I hated it so much. And then, when Neil goes to the raven's nest and comes home with a number four tattoo! Oh my fucking god, I hated that. Like, so much. I don't think I can convey how much I hated the fact that Mans had a number four tattoo. Like, it was a lot to process. And I hated that he didn't take Allison up on her offer to get it removed. And that the way he got it removed was because the woman who kidnapped him burned his skin off. But at the end of the day, I was glad the tattoo was gone. Um, so, yeah. And then, speaking of Neil being kidnapped and shit happening to Neil, um, his birthday and all of the blood in the locker room was gross and nasty and I hated it. Um, and moving on to lighter things, Neil and Andrew's first kiss on the roof was adorable And then the fact that Neil kept sneaking up to the roof after his, like, late-night practices with Kevin and he'd, like, pretend to go into his room and then turn back around and go up to the roof to meet Andrew, which, like, we love. And then that time Andrew helped Neil in the shower with the garbage bags was adorable and, like, we love them. And they were just so cute together and I loved it and, like, It was adorable and amazing, and I love Neil and Andrew together. They were the best. Um, And, like, obviously, when Neil got kidnapped, like, thank fuck for his uncle for showing up. Because I really did think that Neil was going to die. And we were going to see the rest of the book from, like, Dan or Matt or Andrew's perspective. And they were going to, like, maybe win championships, but maybe not. And it was going to be a whole thing. But I really did think Neil was going to die. So I'm very glad that he didn't. Um, And speaking of championships, the USC game and the fact that they only played with nine people. Like, as I said, major USC fan. Like, 
when they pulled that shit, I was in love. Especially because I was so mad. I was like, where is USC's fucking team sheet? What kind of shit are they going to pull? How are they going to destroy the Fox's hopes and dreams? Why are they doing this to us? And then it was like only had nine people on it. And I was like, uh, I am here for this. I love this. It was amazing. I fucking love USC for that. And then championships with Queen and Kevin Day coming to the rescue and winning it for their team. Like, I really thought we were going to go into extra time, and I could not deal with that. I was, like, exhausted just reading about championships, and I was like, if we go into extra time, I don't know if I can handle it. But Queen Kevin Day pulled it out, and we love that Andrew started caring and put Neil on defense because he was the one who was fast enough to keep up with Rico, which we love. And then, speaking of after championships, Neil going up to see Rico get shot by his own brother. Like, again, don't condone murder, but Rico does not deserve rights. And so, I'm not going to say I was sad that he was gone. It was a great ending to the book. Um, And honestly, like, I love these books. They were such a fun ride and like yes you have to suspend what you think can actually happen in a real life sense but it's great and I loved it and thank you Kat for making me read them and thank you Kat's two Twitter friends for making her read them and then in turn she made me read them and I love them and they're amazing so yeah I have been Maya Ghosh and this has been my take on the All for the Game trilogy by Nora Skabiak Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.